Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi! Welcome into this week's edition of Fanball's Fantasy Football Sunday. I am your host, Steven Serta. Really appreciate you guys joining us this morning to uh, hopefully allow me to give you solid fantasy football advice. Dusty Likens is helping me hold this thing down this morning. He's actually going to be coming up at 10 o'clock on the practice squad from 10 to 12. Might uh, I might have to hang around with him. We'll find out here in a little bit. But before we get into the matchups this morning, I just want to take a second. So, you know, it, it's a common thing on... Uh, in fantasy football radio and fantasy football in general, you know, when, you, when you're the one that, that's giving the advice and the one that's making the picks and things like that, we spend a lot of time focusing on the things that we get wrong, such as me not playing Calvin Ridley last week and him having 40 points on my bench. I don't want this show to be like that. I don't want to spend time focusing on the things that we don't get right because that's not what fantasy football is all about. We got to move forward. We got to focus on the things that we can get right this week. So that's what we're going to do. I'm not going to spend a bunch of time being upset about Calvin Ridley and trying to chase those points from last week because in all honesty, he's probably never going to have a three touchdown game again the rest of the season. If he does, that'd be awesome. I've got Calvin Ridley in a couple of leagues, but we'll find out. But anyways, let's go ahead and get to the matchups. We got a lot going on today. We got Brian Johnson of fanball.com is going to join us in about 15 minutes, but where I want to start this week, Cincinnati at Atlanta. I'm finna go get loaded. This is my loaded matchup of the week. We have one of these each and every week where if you're going to load up in your DFS lineup, if you're going to do a stack of some kind, we have one matchup every week that is probably going to be your key stack matchup. And I feel like Cincinnati Atlanta's got to be that, although it's going to be a popular pick in most DFS lineups. So, you know, proceed with caution. But I think this is the matchup that can possibly get you the most points. I mean, Cincinnati's offense has just been lights out so far this year. Andy Dalton has quietly been a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Tyler Boyd is really coming on. He's got back-to-back games of at least 90 yards and a touchdown. You know, A.J. Green's a stud. They're still missing Joe Mixon this week, but Giovanni Bernard is in the game. Giovanni Bernard is also going to be a fantastic play today as he is one of the better receiving running backs in the NFL right now. And Atlanta is just absolute garbage against receiving running backs. So I like Giovanni Bernard a lot today. As far as Cincinnati tight ends, I guess Tyler Eifert finally had a good game last week. And we know that when Tyler Eifert's healthy, he's one of the more athletically gifted tight ends in the NFL. I just don't know that we can rely on Tyler Eifert because he's losing snaps now to CJ Uzoma. I think that's how you say his name. I probably that? should have looked that up before that, but I didn't. But I, he, he's basically splitting snaps. Like, he's basically doing what Vance McDonald and Jesse James are doing in Pittsburgh. 
And I really don't want that guy on my team. Like, I, I just can't stand for that, especially at the tight end position where there is just no good tight ends this year outside of the top three guys. So I'm staying away from Tyler Eifert and that Cincinnati tight and those Cincinnati tight ends. On the Atlanta side, uh, I already mentioned Calvin Ridley. I am playing him this week because I think Calvin Ridley's got a ton of upside moving forward. Honestly, he's probably not going to go for 146 and three touchdowns ever again this year. We'll find that out. But I think he's going to continue to eat into Mohamed Sanu's snaps because I think he's much more talented than Mohamed Sanu, although Mohamed Sanu might be a play today too as everybody's going to be on the Calvin Ridley train. Obviously, you're playing Julio Jones. No Devontae Freeman in this game. Matt Ryan's going to have to pass a lot because that Atlanta defense is just absolutely banged up. They've lost so many guys already, and it's really it's really disappointing because I, I had high hopes for that Atlanta defense this year, but there's nothing you can do about the type of injuries that they're suffering. So you're playing Tevin Coleman this week. I think Tevin Coleman's going to be a big factor in the passing game, and I think that there's going to be a lot of scoring in this one. So you're going to have to play all of these guys, and I don't know about Tevin Coleman's rushing yards, but I think he's got a chance to do some serious damage in the passing game. <laughs> Tampa Bay at Chicago. Bears defense has 14 sacks. They are the top scoring fantasy defense, and they are shredding opposing offensive lines. They do give up passing touchdowns, but they also force turnovers at a higher rate than any other team in the NFL right now. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, I know he's been lights out. I know he's throwing for 400 yards a game and multiple touchdowns, although we did see him start to throw some interceptions last week against the Steelers, but he had a lights out second half. Now, the offensive weapons on this team are dynamic. Mike Evans is a must start, obviously. Chris Godwin quietly has a score in every game this year, and they're looking to him in the red zone today. But I don't know if I can bank on Fitzpatrick having a 400-yard multiple touchdown passing game today against this Chicago Bears defense. They're, they're just scary. And this is, and Fitzpatrick is famous for, you know, these types of games where he, you know, it feels like an early turnover game that leads to more turnovers. Then they're all of a sudden in a hole and then they're going to pass. And he might get some numbers that way, but I just don't have any faith in him going against this Bears defense because this Bears defense is just that good. Deshaun Jackson keeps turning you know, short short passes into long gains. He can't keep that up, so I don't really have any faith in him. But I do have a lot of faith in O.J. Howard, who's got at least 72 yards in the last two games, has had less than 50 yards in a single game this year. And in a year where the tight end position is very shallow, O.J. Howard has been a pleasant surprise who looks like he is finally living up to his number one overall pick potential with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. On the Chicago side, you know, the Chicago Bears deep, or offense hasn't been much to talk about. I mean, Allen Robinson's been consistent. He's getting 10 targets a game. He's got at least 50 yards in every game this season. He hasn't found the end zone yet. I'm hoping that changes today because we know that Bucks secondary is absolute trash. So I think Allen Robinson's got a shot to find the end zone today. I think Trey Burton's got a shot to find the end zone today. I'm not expecting the Bears to do anything like go out and Mitch Trubisky throw for four touchdowns or anything like that because he hasn't shown the ability to do that. They've actually been pretty good against the run. So... I don't know that you can bank on Jordan Howard having a monster yardage game, but I would hope that, you know, he's going to get the goal line carries. So he should get a red zone touchdown today. So I like the Bears players, but I don't love the Bears players. Taylor Gabriel had 10 targets last week. He's been getting his targets have gone up every single week. He hasn't been much of a factor yet. But if they're ever if the Bears are ever gonna go deep, I would imagine it's this week. So Taylor Gabriel's my guy. Like I picked Geronimo Allison for a long touchdown last week. I think Taylor Gabriel's my guy this week. <laughs> Detroit at Dallas. 
That Dallas pass defense is for real, ladies and gentlemen. However, Sean Lee is out for this one, and he's the heart and soul of that defense. Their pass defense is only giving up 210 yards a game, and they've only given up three passing touchdowns all season. Run defense, of course, is going to suffer without Sean Lee. So Karrion Johnson should be back in your lineup this week after he finally had his breakout game last week. But I still don't know that you can bank on him every single week moving forward. They're still using three running backs. So Garrett Blunt's really involved. Theo Riddick's really involved. So I don't know that you can bank on Carryon Johnson. But that Dallas run defense should be a lot worse without Sean Lee. Uh, as far as their pass catchers go, Golden Tate, I guess he's probably going to be the most targeted one. But Dallas has actually been really good against slot receivers. So I don't know that you can bank on Golden Tate. I do love Kenny Galladay. I, I just, just in general, as a, as a talent, I love Kenny Galladay. I think he's the most talented wide receiver that they have with the most potential, and he just continues to be more and more involved. So I think if I'm going to start a Detroit pass catcher this week against what appears to be a rock-solid Dallas pass defense, it's probably going to be Kenny Galladay. As far as the Cowboys go, I don't need to spend much time on them. You're starting Zeke. He's going to get 30-plus carries, probably over 100 yards today. He's a stud. I know people have been upset that he's not getting enough work. I think that changes today against this Detroit Lions team that hasn't been very good against running backs. As far as Dak Prescott and these receivers go, you're not starting a single one of them. In fact, you probably shouldn't own any of them in most leagues because they have just been that brutal. Terrence Williams, just a healthy scratch today. So I'm not banking on any Dallas Cowboys wide receivers until I actually see something out of them as as a unit. (laughs) Philadelphia, Tennessee. Carson Wentz still making his his way back from a season-ending knee surgery last year, and he started off kind of slow, and I I think we have to temper expectations a little bit. Uh, You know, you can pass on this Titan secondary. Their secondary is not very good. They have been a very, very good run defense going all the way back to last year. And Philadelphia's running backs are banged up. You know, Jay Ajayi is supposed to play today. Darren Sproles has already been ruled out. Corey Clement's questionable. I would think that he's going to play because he was questionable with the same thing last week and still wound up playing because they didn't really have a choice. They needed him to play. I would imagine he will play today. But again, Tennessee's run defense is very, very good. So I don't know that you can bank on anyone in that backfield. And really moving forward, I'm not really banking on anyone in that backfield until I see Carson Wentz get back to that MVP caliber level of play, which, you know, if you guys remember, he started out slow last year too. Like Carson Wentz didn't really come on until after the first few weeks of the season. So I think they're just trying to ease him into it. Philadelphia is still a very talented team. Alshon Jeffrey might be back in this one. It sounds like he's going to play, although... He was cleared for contact this week, practiced once, and then was out the rest of the week because he apparently has been just really, really sick. But they're expecting him to play. I'm not playing him in any lineups this week because I think you got to see, you know, where, where where he's at in his recovery and how healthy he actually is. As far as the Titans go, I'm not looking to play a single Tennessee Titan this week. Marcus Mariota is supposed to be back in the lineup. But I don't think you can bank on any of these Titans pass catchers. Their offense looks like it's one of the worst offenses in the NFL. Derrick Henry's been an absolute bust. And Deion Lewis looks like he's their best running back. But the Eagles are the best run defense in the NFL going all the way back to last season. So I am staying the hell away from the Titans this week. (laughs) I know I keep joking about this Indianapolis defense, but as Houston makes their way to Indianapolis today... Indy is actually really good. They've been really bad for so long that it seems like a joke when we talk about Indianapolis having a good defense, but they're third in the NFL in sacks. Houston's offensive line is the absolute worst offensive line in the NFL. 
which is holding my guy Deshaun Watson back, which is very upsetting because we know Deshaun Watson can be one of the best players in the NFL, but he is running for his life each and every week. And that indie defense is quiet good. Like, they, they've just been good. I mean, they're in the NFL in sacks. Like, that's, that's a defense that you could actually pick up in fantasy and play going against the Houston Texans. Now, we know DeAndre Hopkins is going to play today. DeAndre Hopkins is a star. You're never going to sit him. But Will Fuller's quietly becoming a star. With Deshaun Watson in the game, Will Fuller's just good for 100 yards and a touchdown. And especially going against Indianapolis, which... Their secondary is still not great. I, I, I've i made a lot of jokes about their secondary. they got a bunch of guys you've never even heard of on the back end of that unit. So I think Will Fuller is an absolute must-play as long as Deshaun Watson is in the game. As far as Lamar Miller goes, I'm benching Lamar Miller this week. Indianapolis has quietly been very good against the run this year. And that offensive line is just going to keep him from being very productive. On the other side of the ball, though... I don't think I want any part of Andrew Luck. Until until I'm convinced that Andrew Luck can actually throw the football downfield, I mean, you're probably starting T.Y. Hilton in season-long leagues, but I'm staying the hell away from him in daily because Andrew Luck is, is barely throwing for, like, five yards per attempt. Like, Alex Smith is throwing the ball down the field more than Andrew Luck is this season. That's how bad Andrew Luck's been, but it's because he's got a bum shoulder still. He's still trying to make his way back from that. He says he doesn't have his full strength. Jacoby Brissett had to go in for him to throw a Hail Mary last week. So I don't think I want any part of the Indianapolis pass catchers. If you really, really have to, obviously you're playing T.Y. Hilton. Ryan Grant has been coming on a little bit lately. He caught a touchdown last week. So maybe if you're desperate in a really deep league, Ryan Grant, somebody that you can look at. Jack Doyle out of the game again. So Eric Ebron in a shallow position, tight end. Eric Ebron's probably a start. Houston is pretty bad against a tight end position. So you can probably give Eric Ebron a look. But other than that, I don't think I want any part of the Colts. <laughs> so we'll get back to Matt some matchups here in a little bit, but we got to hit a quick timeout. Uh, coming up next, my guy Brian Johnson of Fanball.com is going to join us. Fanball's Fantasy Football Sunday, six ten Sports Radio. Welcome back into Fanball's Fantasy Football Sunday. I am your host, Steven Serta. This is uh, sweet love making music, apparently, as we uh, come back from break. And we are happy to be joined by my guy, Brian Johnson of Fanball.com. You can follow him on Twitter at BTXJ. How are we doing this morning, Brian? Good, Steven. Yeah, you guys are uh, bringing the sexy this morning. (laughs) Yeah, I have you. I guess that's what we're going for, for week four of the NFL. But, well, a, lot of, a lot of sexy matchups out there, right? <laughs> yes, of course there are. Um, I mean, speaking of sexy matchups, this uh, Cincinnati, Cincinnati uh, against Atlanta seems to be a very sexy matchup on paper this week. Two high-powered offenses. We know you can pass a little bit and you can run a little bit on the Cincinnati Bengals team, and we know that the Atlanta Falcons are absolutely decimated by injuries. Um, but I want to ask you about Calvin Ridley, Brian, because I – I actually had Calvin Ridley in a couple lineups last week, and then I chickened out and pulled him at the very last minute. And we know that he's probably not going to have 146 yards and three touchdowns again this season. But how do you feel about him moving forward the rest of the year? Oh, you got to be excited about Ridley. Uh, Snaps, targets, receptions, yards, touchdowns, they've gone up every week since week one. So 
if that trend continues, you know, we're looking at like five touchdowns today, right? Because he had three last week. But uh, no, but uh, yeah. in all seriousness, yeah, he uh, he looks every bit legit. Uh, the Falcons expected, and today is a uh, yeah, it's going to be a shootout down in Atlanta. Uh, that that line moved from forty eight points when it opened uh, the over under to fifty. And uh, since he basically has one competent quarter, cornerback, and that's William Jackson, but he's planted firmly on the right side. And uh, so far this year, Atlanta's been moving Ridley and Julio from both boundaries into the slot. It's basically like a third. You know, they're they're each they're moving them all around, so they're gonna all have fun uh, today in that in that game. Long story, but uh, if you're gonna sell on Ridley, it might be the time is now. But he has another good game. I know you're kind of gambling, you know, but uh, you can sell high after the three touchdown game right now if you guys do instant transactions. But uh, I would hold because he's going to be the real deal. Yeah, and I, I understand the idea that you know you want to try to sell him high right now, but I do. I I'm, I'm with you. I really like his upside moving forward through this season and a high volume offense. And on the other side of Julio, like Julio's just going to take up that coverage, so Ridley's going to have those opportunities. And, I mean, you would think that he's more talented than Mohamed Sanu. So I, I would hope that Calvin Ridley is going to get those looks moving forward. But uh, on the other side for Cincinnati. I wouldn't think that, Stephen. I know that. I know yeah. that he's more talented <laughs> okay. than Mohamed Sanu. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, you heard it from Brian Johnson. So he is more talented than Mohamed Sanu. So maybe you want to hold off on trading Calvin Ridley. But uh, on the other side for the Bengals. Tyler Boyd's been a uh, a pretty pleasant surprise so far this this week. He's gotten back-to-back weeks. He's gone over 90 yards. He's got a touchdown. What's his outlook moving forward? Yeah, people may say, like, where'd this guy come from? But don't forget, uh, two years ago, he was a very early second-round pick by the Bengals. So they invested some draft capital in this kid. And they're, they're expecting big things from him. And he's uh, delivering. And he's going to... He's going to have a good day today. And uh, if you're playing fan ball, and I hope you are, I, know, I think he's about 4700 on fan ball. A little underpriced going up against that, uh, as you mentioned, decimated Atlanta secondary. Uh, already down both starting safeties, uh, their middle linebacker. They're in deep trouble. And uh, Atlanta's allowed four touchdowns over the last two weeks to number two and number three wide receivers. Tyler Boyd has scored twice during that span. And, uh, you know, A.J. Green left last week's game with a hamstring injury. And uh, he seemed good to go, but you never know. He might be playing a little bit of a decoy today. We know Boyd is fully healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Boyd over Green today. He's straight up, and clearly he's going to save a lot of money if you go Boyd over Green in a lot of salary cap. I'm, I'm buying into Tyler Boyd. Like, like I, I think the Cincinnati offense is, is really built for success, and, I mean, they're still missing Joe Mixon, so – I would imagine hopefully when they get him back, I mean, this this could be a unit that we need to really pay attention to, including Tyler Boyd. Um, yeah, the big difference, real quick, with Cincy is last year, Andy Dong getting sacked almost three times a game. He barely, he, I think he's been sacked once in each game so far, so uh, that line has come a ton of time and it's making all the difference in the world. Yeah. So, according to a report from Ian Rappaport this morning, uh, Steelers, obviously there's, you know, there had been reports that they were looking to trade Le'Veon Bell and then Ian Rappaport essentially confirmed that this morning that they are taking calls on Bell and actually calling other teams on Bell and that they're looking for something like a second round pick and you know maybe a good player if you want to acquire Le'Veon Bell throughout this season but he's basically going to be a one-year rental player but in terms of fantasy you know I was in a couple of drafts where Le'Veon Bell went number one overall and of course he's yet to play but what do you think you can give up for a Le'Veon Bell? Or, I mean, are you willing to take that risk of acquiring him 
knowing that Pittsburgh's trying to trade him, but there's no guarantee they're actually going to pull anything like that off? Yeah, it's a loaded question. I mean, you need a lot of context when you're going to say what would you trade Le'Veon Bell for or get for Le'Veon Bell. But all I know is this. It's good news that he's going to get traded, but it's good news if I'm an owner. That means that I can sell him. I'm not trying to acquire Le'Veon Bell, even in dynasty formats. Uh, you know, running backs, it's not easy when you get traded midseason. you got to learn a lot of the plays, no matter how good you are. You can't just yeah. you know, jump in there. you got to learn all the you know, the pass protection assignments, yada, yada, yada. We're not going to break all that down. So, yes, people get excited if he gets traded to a team where he'll clearly be the number one back, but that doesn't mean he's going to just go in and be Le'Veon Bell of the Steelers. Uh, <laughs> the odds are that's not going to happen wherever he ends up. It's going to be a struggle this year. So I would sell at all costs uh, if he actually gets moved. Yeah, I, I, I think I think I'm with you there as well, Brian. I think I'm looking to move on from him if I own him in my lineup. I, I like James Conner as a player. I'm still not convinced James Conner is as talented as Le'Veon Bell, but you know he's going to get all the work in that offense. So I think if somebody's willing to make you a reasonable offer for Le'Veon Bell, I'm looking to move on from him. Um, looking at yeah, the Pittsburgh's uh, problem isn't the running back; it's, it's their defense, right? Yeah, James Conner's going to get enough jobs. Yeah, I actually really like Joe Flacco today, and I used to stay away from this Ravens-Pittsburgh matchup at all costs, but I mean, you can pass all over that Pittsburgh defense right now. No doubt. So looking at a uh, another young wide receiver for the Los Angeles Chargers, Mike Williams, who I am a huge fan of. I think Mike Williams has a ton of upside, especially in that high-volume offense. He's got three touchdowns in the last two weeks. Um, and, he, and he seems to be becoming more of a focal point. Keenan Allen's starting to get a little banged up. What's your outlook on Mike Williams moving forward? Yeah, he looks like a guy you don't want to mess with in the end zone as a defender. Uh, he goes up and gets the ball. I, I, I love Mike Williams. I might go with you. I, uh, actually, just yesterday I said I, I, I pretty much call him he'll be a top 15 wide receiver next year, uh, you know, in August in fantasy drafts. And, uh, yeah, like you said, Keenan Allen, one of the best receivers in football, but uh, just constantly banged up, and you're always kind of holding your breath, hoping he doesn't get hurt. But, uh, yeah, Williams, I love him today, again, going up against San Francisco, and it's such a bummer <laughs> about Jimmy Garoppolo because, yeah, what's, you know, you look at your Chargers that you have on your roster today, and you're excited about this matchup with the 49ers, but they're probably going to only need to, you know, put their foot on the, you know, their foot on the gas for a half. So, uh I, I see the better CJ Beathard is going to struggle big time to score points uh, against the against anyone. I think more so than Jimmy G. So uh, I like Williams today and definitely moving forward. But I don't know how much they're going to throw. So I'm kind of fading him and set daily today. Yeah. So if you had to pick between a Mike Williams and a Calvin Ridley for the rest of the season, who are you going with? It's got to be Ridley, and you know, because you know, we're talking fantasy football here, right? Obviously, yeah. we've already been talking about uh, how bad the Falcons' defense is, and if the worse your defense is for a fantasy player, you know, on the offense, the better. Because look at the Saints. <laughs> I'm yeah. so happy the Saints are back to playing bad defense because they're just lighting up the scoreboard again. I did not like ball control Saints from last year, so. uh I, I love them both. I love them both a lot, but I'm going to go Ridley because uh, I think Atlanta's just going to be in shootouts for days, you know, for the rest of the year. Yeah, absolutely. So I got one. I got one more for you, Brian. And so we saw 
Seventy-five-year-old Jordy Nelson go off last week, but I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not expecting any type of consistency from Jordy Nelson at his age and in that offense. But what I'm really more curious about is Amari Cooper. Like I, I've been an Amari Cooper supporter going all the way back to his days at college, and I just want to know what the what happened to Amari Cooper because it feels like he can't hang on to any passes. He had one good game in week two, but then. Last week, he had two catches for 17 yards, and it feels like that's more consistent than his week two game where he had like 110 yards. Yeah, the, the people have been infatuated with Amari Cooper for a very long time, and uh, I know this. Uh, I did this research, quote-unquote research, yesterday. I mean, over his last 23 games, Amari Cooper has topped five catches twice. Two times Jeez. he had more than five catches. He is a roller coaster ride from hell. I've been telling to sell Amari Cooper at any after any good game. I say sell Amari Cooper because you're going to you're going to deal with five bad games for the next good one at bare minimum. So that Oakland team is just in shambles. So I'm sorry to say, Stephen, as a Cooper backer, don't get excited the next time he has a good game. Get uh, active and sell him immediately. Flying <laughs> way off. Uh, and that's I, I love the guy as a player, but yeah, that, that's where I'm at with Amari Cooper. There's just nothing there that makes me like I would start. Mike Williams right now every week in a season long lineup over Amari Cooper probably. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, he's Brian Johnson of fanball.com. You can follow him on Twitter at BTXJ. What do you guys got going on at Fanball today, Brian? Uh same as last week. I, I think our main uh taking to charge is GP Phil, but go to fanball.com slash radio. If you if you get to redeem this offer this week, uh, you'll get five bucks uh, towards an entry into a five dollar GPP, and they're multi entry, of course. And we have a ton of other games in the lobby, but uh, we'll get you started if you go to fanballcom slash radio, enter that five dollar GPP for free on us, and then uh, you know you throw that lineup in some other contests or build some different ones, enter up to ten times, not a hundred and fifty times with the other sites where you actually have a chance to win. Uh, with us. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, check it out. Fanball.com slash radio. Yeah, you heard it from Brian Johnson. It's free money. Fanball.com slash radio. Thank you very much, Brian. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Go Chiefs. He always says that at the end of every interview. Chiefs are a very exciting offense. Fun time, fun time to be a Chiefs fan. Kids. I think he does because Brian's kind of like me. I think he's a Vikings fan, but he's similar to me in the fact that he's such a fantasy football nerd that he supports a lot of players over teams. Maybe not to the extent that I do to the point where he's abandoned all of his fandom for that, but it's a lot more fun. It makes my life a lot easier when I'm not cheering for a team and being heartbroken by them. But we got to hit a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll get back to some more matchups. Fanball's Fantasy Football Sunday, 610 Sports Radio. This gets me in the right mood. What kind of mood? <laughs> Sports horny. That kind of mood. So we'll get back to some matchups here in just a second. Uh, and my guy Dusty Likens has taken over for me at uh, 10 a.m. today. Practice squad from 10 to 12. Normally we would have the Arrowhead Pride tailgate presented by Albright Buick GMC Cadillac at 10. But, of course, the Chiefs are playing on Monday night this week. So those guys will be taking over tomorrow on 610 
at 6 o'clock. They're going to take you right up to kickoff. They're going to go right till 7.15 to take you right up to kickoff. Then, of course, they'll have their halftime show on Facebook Live, and they'll have the postgame show immediately following the Chiefs' Monday night matchup in Denver. And those guys are doing a really good job. Our guys, Mike Wickett, uh, Ken Swanson, Pete Sweeney, Sean Barber. So that is must-listen-to radio if you are a Chiefs fan because there there isn't a better group of guys to talk about the Chiefs in Kansas City right now than our guys over at Arrowhead Pride. But uh, let's go ahead and get back into these matchups and see if we can burn through these, Dusty. (laughs) Miami at New England. Fellas, Ryan Tannehill's been really good. He's won 10 of his last 11 games. I picked him up in the league this week to replace Jimmy Garoppolo because he's thrown multiple touchdowns in every game so far this year. And New England's defense just hasn't been very good. It's New England... Until they, till they figure it out, which, okay, this game, it's a divisional game. We know New England owns the AFC East. It's at New England, which the Dolphins just don't beat the Patriots there. Like, like since Tom Brady took over as their starting quarterback, I think they've won, like, two games there. But it happened to be a game where Matt Castle was the starting quarterback, and then there was another game where Tom Brady left early due to injury, and he only threw, like, a couple of passes. So they gener- genuinely never beaten Tom Brady in New England, so I don't know how much faith I actually have in the Dolphins, even though they're off to this 3-0 and start. They've looked really good. They've looked solid on defense. They've looked like a better offensive unit than we could have given them credit for. But this feels like the type of game where New England probably figures it out. But that being said, Ryan Tannehill is a serviceable streamer. If you got Cam Newton or you got Alex Smith on by then Ryan Tannehill's a guy that you can probably pick up and start as he's been very solid and consistent in the first three weeks of the season. Um, Kenyon Drake has been very disappointing so far this season, but he is a good pass catching back. New England's pretty bad against guys who can run out of the backfield and catch passes and make plays. And Kenyon Drake's actually the best game of his career was against the New England Patriots last last year. So I think you can give Kenyon Drake a look. Danny Amendola, He's supposed to be back this week, and the Patriots have been very bad against the slot. Kenny Stills is probably Ryan Tannehill's top target still, but I think Danny Amendola in a fake revenge game, I guess you can bill it that way, but I don't think it really is a revenge game. It's Danny Amendola. So I think Danny Amendola is actually somebody that I'd look to play in some of my daily lineups this week. And we know the Patriots are struggling. Obviously, you're going to play Gronk. Obviously, you're going to play Tom Brady in your season-long leagues because odds are you don't have anybody who's better than those two. Outside of that, I mean, Chris Hogan, who's caught a couple touchdowns the last couple of weeks, he's a guy that you could probably look at. Josh Gordon is expected to play, but we don't know how limited he's going to be. He's supposed to be on a snap count. I would imagine that they're not going to trot him out there for like 90% of the snaps or something because he's just too new to the offense, and he's still dealing with the hamstring. He's not 100% healthy. So I'm staying away from Josh Gordon until I see something from him and Tom Brady, until I see that maybe there's a connection between the two. I love Josh Gordon as a talent. I hope he can figure it out, but you can't take a risk on him just yet. Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead went on IR this week. Sony Michelle appears to be the, the running back that's going to take over the rushing workload. He's getting carries. He just hasn't been very good. He's only averaging three and a half yards per carry, and the Dolphins have been solid. On defense, so so I don't know if Sony Michelle like you got it. You got to see more work from him, and I think the Patriots like to run the football more than we give them credit for. So Sony Michelle is going to be a guy who has some value. That maybe if he has another bad game today, he's a guy you can absolutely try to acquire for cheap with high end upside on the back half of the year. As far as James White goes, I think you can 
plug in James White today. He's consistent. He's going to be their pass catching running back. He's going to do some damage in that part of the game. So I think James White is a play for you today. <laughs> Jets at Jags. Jags need a bounce back game in the worst possible way. I don't know why they struggle against the Titans so much, but for some reason they struggle against the Titans. That being said, I would think that their defense is going to shut down the Jets this week. Like I, I know their defense was good last week. Their offense was just absolutely terrible, but their defense did its job. But I like their defense going against the Jets, going against Sam Darnold, like going against inferior skill position players to shut down them offensively. That being said, I'm not really interested in playing any Jets player. And oh my God, have I been wrong on Robbie Anderson. You can just flat out drop Robbie Anderson right now. He's got fumbles in back-to-back games. He's not getting looks. He's not getting targets. Like, he's not getting catches. Even when they are throwing it at him, he's fumbling the football. Just go ahead and drop Robbie Anderson. Man, I had such high hopes for him, and he is still a solid deep threat, but Sam Darnold's not looking to throw deep, and he's certainly not going to look to throw deep against this Jacksonville unit. So I don't think you can play anybody for the Jets this week. As far as Jacksonville goes, Leonard Fournette's supposed to be back. So Leonard Fournette's in your lineup if if he is 100% healthy, which he, I don't know that he's 100% healthy, but he's supposed to be back and he's supposed to be playing this week. And he says that he plans on playing. So I am definitely starting Leonard Fournette. As far as Jags pass catchers go, I mean, Keelan Cole has pretty much separated himself as the number one wide receiver. D.D. Westbrook's a, a big play guy with upside. But after last week against the Titans, who have a bad secondary, who you can pass on, where nobody did anything, I just don't think I'm willing to take a risk unless I'm desperate on any Jags wide receiver and the inconsistency of Blake Bortles. (laughs) Cleveland Browns at the Oakland Raiders. My guy Baker Mayfield, ready to take the NFL by storm in his first official start. It's worth noting First overall draft picks who get their first official starts generally don't win those football games. But the Cleveland Browns are a much better team than the Oakland Raiders overall. Baker Mayfield, I know he is a rookie, but that Oakland defense is absolutely garbage. They're ranked either second to last or dead last in almost every statistical defensive category. And they can't get after the quarterback, which works in Baker's favor, obviously, because the Browns have a pretty bad offensive line. Oakland cannot generate any kind of pass rush. So I actually like Baker Mayfield a lot today. I'm still more in the, you know, add Baker in every league. I think he should be rostered in every league, but roster him as a backup until we see something from him. That being said, though, we know Jarvis Landry is the number one wide receiver. We know David Njoku is getting looks, hasn't translated into production, but hopefully Baker increases his upside. Carlos Hyde is a starting running back who is getting a ton of carries, who is getting a workhorse type of workload over Nick Chubb, over Duke Johnson. So start Carlos Hyde because you can run on this Raiders team. You can score on this Raiders team. And I actually, another guy that I really like is a flyer, Antonio Callaway, who had a really good chemistry with Baker Mayfield in the preseason. He dropped a couple passes from him last week. He, he uh, Tyrod Taylor missed him on a deep pass that probably would have been a touchdown but his big play upside is there and you can absolutely beat this Raiders team over the top so I actually like Antonio Callaway as a sleeper this week I think he could burn them over the top for a long touchdown and I think Baker's aggressive enough that he's going to go out there because we saw that confidence on show last week I love Baker Mayfield as far as the Raiders go Brown's defense is good 
Jared Cook's been fairly consistent, though, I mean, I mean, for their pass catchers. And the Browns actually do struggle against the tight ends going all the way back to last season. But their secondary is legit. And Jordy Nelson's not going to do what he did last week every week. We already know that. We talked to Brian Johnson about that. We talked to him about Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is one of the most inconsistent players in the NFL right now. So I'm staying the hell away from their wide receivers. Marshawn Lynch, you can score. Uh, uh, you, can, you can run a little bit on this Browns defense. And Isaiah Crowell had two touchdowns. So I think if the Raiders do happen to get into the red zone, Marshawn Lynch, who is handling something absurd, like 70% of the Raiders' red zone carries, uh, he should be able to get a couple red zone touchdowns today if they can actually get there. So I actually don't mind Marshawn Lynch very much. Uh. My uh, matchup of the week, Seattle at Arizona. I just don't want any part of Arizona right now. I'm excited they're starting Josh Rosen. I'm excited to see him. But the fact that they put him in to try to lead a fourth quarter game winning drive last week was one of the stupidest things I've ever seen against the Bears defense of all things. That's how you want to introduce your young quarterback to the NFL. That just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. We know they've got a horrible offensive line. Larry Fitzgerald's supposed to play today, but apparently he's nothing close to 100%. And David Johnson. Poor, sweet David Johnson. I love David Johnson. I'm trying to acquire him in multiple leagues because I think he's got more upside later on in the year. And with Josh Rosen, they have to lean on David Johnson more. Like, he just has to get more carries. So I'm hoping that will help today against the Seattle team that is not the same team defensively that they have been in the past. But I still don't want any part of Arizona's offense right now until I see what Josh Rosen is capable of doing for the Seattle Seahawks. Chris Carson had 34 carries last week. He's established himself. As their bell cow running back, I would imagine, as Rashad Penny has been absolutely garbage. Doug Baldwin is supposed to be back today. So Tyler Lockett, I'm afraid to start Tyler Lockett, who's got a score in every game so far this year. But with Doug Baldwin back, and Doug Baldwin probably moving back to the slot, which is where Lockett has been playing in his absence, probably limits Lockett's upside. He has not been productive as an outside wide receiver, but he was the past three weeks moving inside to the slot. But that's Baldwin's home. That's where Doug Baldwin is a contributor. And so I would imagine that Tyler Lockett's upside is probably going to go back down. Saints at the Giants. I don't need to even spend that much time on the Saints. You're starting Alvin Kamara. You're starting Drew Brees. You're starting Michael Thomas. They are all absolute studs. I actually like Ted Ginn a little bit this week because the Giants get beat deep, and they get beat deep consistently. And Ted Ginn's actually been very solid so far this season. He's got multiple touchdowns. He's he's beating defenses over the top, and I think he's capable of doing that. Benjamin Watson, who's been fairly inconsistent, and he's 100 years old. But the Giants are actually the worst, were the worst team in the NFL when it came to tight end touchdowns last season. They've been a little bit better this year, but they also haven't played an offense like the Saints. So I think that Benjamin Watson's a guy that you can take a shot on. As far as the Giants go, you're going to start Barkley because of his workload and because of his potential. But this is an Odell game. Odell's been solid so far this season, but we haven't seen that absolute monster Odell game yet. So I think that game is today. Like, New Orleans, they're go- they, they've been better against number one wide receivers the past couple of weeks. They're getting torched by number two wide receivers. So that would suggest that Sterling Shepard could be in for a big workload today. I dropped Sterling Shepard in multiple weeks only for Evan Ingram to get hurt and then for him to get – and then for Sterling Shepard to actually have a decent game last week. He's going to get a lot more looks today. Saints have been getting torched by number two wide receivers. So Sterling Shepard is a play, but I really think Odell's going to have a monster today. I'm hoping Odell figures this thing out. 
<laughs> Baltimore at Pittsburgh. Joe Flacco is averaging almost 300 yards a game in multiple touchdowns. Joe Flacco is actually a must start against this terrible Pittsburgh defense. You're obviously starting Schuster, Brown, Big Ben, James Conner. You're starting those guys in multiple leagues, although Baltimore Ravens are very good against the run, so Conner might struggle to find some running lanes in, in this game. But we also know that Big Ben is just lights out at home. Alex Collins put up monster numbers against the Steelers last season, so I think you can play Alex Collins with confidence tonight. Kansas City at Denver. <laughs> You're going to play Case Keenum. Just play Case Keenum. Play anybody against the Chiefs. Like that. That's just the way that you should play any Rams starter or any Chiefs starter any given week. You should also do that when playing against the Chiefs. Case Keenum had a very good week one. He hasn't thrown a touchdown in the past two weeks, but I think that's going to change this week. Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, all goes for the Denver Broncos this week. And, of course, the Chiefs, I don't need to spend any time on them. Got the best offense in the NFL. You're going to play those guys. So those were our matchups. Coming up next, we get back into, we take a look at the Thursday night matchup and get you our sleepers, streamers, and busts. Fantasy Football Sunday, 610 Sports Radio. Yeah, it's good. It is good. You know what else is good? You got to make it to Denver to uh, join the guys from Fesco in the morning as they're uh, covering the Chiefs Monday night matchup with the Denver Broncos. Don't worry about it. You can join uh, the rest of the 610 crew at Winning Streaks inside Harris Casino for our second watch party of the season. Starts at 7, but it's going to fill up fast, so you want to make sure you get there early. There'll be 610 food specials. We'll have some pretty cool prizes for you to check out and for you to possibly win. So make sure you get out to Harris Casino. We are going to be inside of Winning Streaks, and these things are absolute must-attends as we just fill up Winning Streaks each and every time we do one of these. They are a lot of fun. Whole 610 crew will be there except for uh, Bob Fesco and Josh Klingler who are actually going to be in Denver covering the game for us. So this is the time where uh, I like to take a look back at the Thursday night matchup of the week and kind of discuss my thoughts from it. Obviously, we knew, I, you know, we were curious about what was going to happen with the Minnesota Vikings after they apparently got dismantled by the Buffalo Bills, who I still believe are the worst team in the NFL, despite them actually winning a game against what we thought was going to be a Super Bowl contender this year. But that offense is going to be fine. I've got a lot of question marks about the defense because right now they do not look like the same team without Everson Griffin. I know Everson Griffin's a star, but there is just too much talent on that defense for them to be this bad after losing one player. Like the, that, Their defense, I think, will get that figured out. That being said, the Rams' offense is right up there with the Chiefs' offense in my mind. I, I had a guy who didn't play Cooper Cup this week, even after I raved about Cooper Cup last week and then got mad at me because he didn't play him as if I told him not to play him. Similar to the Chiefs, you should have Kelsey, you should have Hunt, you should have Tyreek, and you should have Sammy and Pat in your lineup each and every week. The Rams are on that level now. They're in, like Obviously, you're starting Gurley. Everybody's going to say Cooks is the number one, which he looks like he can be. But Robert Woods is just as talented, and Cooper Cup is, has been amazing. Like, like you, you're, you're playing all of those guys in your lineup each and every week, and I think you can start Jared Goff each and every week now. Like that, that's, that's just how good and how much potential that offense has. 
Let's go ahead and get to my sleeper for the week. I already talked about him. You already know that I love the Cleveland Browns and that I love Baker Mayfield, and he is going to light the league on fire. Browns are going to the playoffs. Maybe not, but I want to believe that. And Antonio Callaway, I'm, of course, biased, but the chemistry between Mayfield and Callaway is there. He's a big play wide receiver, and that Oakland secondary is absolutely garbage. Like, Antonio Callaway can absolutely beat this team over the top today, and I think Baker Mayfield's going to give him some looks. Please, for the love of God, get David Njoku involved, but I got to see more from Njoku before I'm willing to say something bold about him. But I do think the talent is there with Antonio Callaway. He had a bad drop last week, but Baker's so confident and he's so poised in the pocket. I think he's going to hit him for a deep one today. Now, my streamer. If you're one of the people who had Jimmy Garoppolo as a uh, starting quarterback, I had him as a backup in a couple of leagues because that's kind of where I thought he would be on the quarterback totem pole until I saw a little bit more and he didn't have good skill positions anyways. Case Keenum. I love Ryan Tannehill this week, but I, I love Case Keenum. As I mentioned before, when you're going against the Kansas City Chiefs, you play anybody. You, you, you just play whoever is playing them. Like if the Chiefs played Josh Allen... I would be tempted to start Josh Allen this year against that Chiefs secondary. They're giving up the most yards per catch, the most receptions. Like, they're on pace to give up, like, 6,000 passing yards or something like that. That defense is absolutely terrible. Case Keenum hasn't thrown for a touchdown since week one, but in week one, he had over 300 yards. He had multiple touchdown passes. He could easily do that this week against Kansas City. I think that he has that much potential. I think that defense is that bad. I really like Demarius Thomas. I really like Emmanuel Sanders. Case Keenum is absolutely somebody you should start this week. Now for my bust. Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's been a good ride, Ryan. And I honestly don't want it to end, but I think it's going to. And that's probably going to start today. I'm not confident that that coaching staff isn't that desperate to get Jameis into the game to convince themselves they didn't give up a number one overall pick on a wasted quarterback who can't beat out Ryan Fitzpatrick for a starting job. I know you've been lights out. It has been a lot of fun to watch, and I wish that it would keep going. But the Bears have the top-scoring defense in the NFL. They're sacking the quarterback more than anyone. They're turning the football over at a higher percentage than any unit in the league. And this is just a bad matchup. Like, this just has one of those Ryan Fitzpatrick five interception games written all over it. Like, that that's just, like, I, I think that's just what's going to happen in this one. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Fitz. I love you. I love the chest hair. I love the beard. I wish we could keep it going. But I think that coaching staff is actually desperate to get Jameis Winston back in the game. So if he has a couple turnovers early in this game, I wouldn't be surprised if Jameis Winston is in by halftime. So, before we, uh, we got a couple more minutes, and before we get out of here, I want to, uh, I want to address something with Le'Veon Bell, because we're going to get a lot of questions about Le'Veon Bell and what to do with him, and there's a report out this morning from Ian Rappaport on what the Steelers are looking to do. By now, we all know the Steelers are at the very least listening to offers when teams call, and they have called about potentially trading for Le'Veon Bell. The Steelers have listened. 
Well, I can now tell you the Steelers are actually the ones making the calls. They are now actively shopping Pro Bowl running back Le'Veon Bell. And of course, they have set a price that has been too high at this point for other teams. And obviously, because otherwise a trade would be done. So you start to wonder, what have the Steelers actually asked for? From what I am told, it has been at least a second-round pick and a good player, which is a lot for a player, first of all, who would be a one-year rental, who would make at this point still more than $10 million. And teams are not even allowed to negotiate with Bell on a long-term deal until after the season. That is one reason why trade would at least be pretty difficult. Now, like someone did in one of my main fantasy football leagues where they they – Told, told us for months and months and months that they were going to take Todd Gurley number one overall and then just threw a curveball into everybody's plans and took Le'Veon Bell number one overall on draft day. <clears throat> you're, you're frustrated. You're upset. I totally get that. You probably took Le'Veon Bell with the top three pick in your fantasy draft. I would have taken David Johnson over Le'Veon Bell this year, which wouldn't have been much better, to be quite honest. But... You've got to, I, I think you can move on from him. Like, like the Steelers are asking for a lot for a running back that we know running backs expire very quickly. Like Le'Veon Bell probably doesn't have more than two or three, two or three more years of good production left in him. If that, I think he's still a star player, but I don't know a team that's going to be willing to give up a second round pick for Le'Veon Bell. Like I, if, if I'm a general manager, I am absolutely not interested in that whatsoever, but that being said, I, if they do wind up moving on from him and you choose to keep him, obviously he's going to pl- obviously you're going to play him. But I'm with my guy Brian Johnson from Fanball.com. I don't want any part of Le'Veon. So I just don't want any part of him. Like, like I, I'm just scared. I, I, I'm scared of giving up capital and giving up productive players, banking on the fact that I might get Le'Veon Bell back at some point in the season. Now, if I can give up nothing for him, sure. But where Le'Veon Bell was drafted, no one's going to give you that opportunity. Nobody's going to just say, okay, I'm done with him. I give up. You can have him for nothing. Like, like it's just not going to happen. I think the price is going to be too steep. So I'm staying away from Le'Veon Bell in all formats this season. But... Thank you guys for listening. Fanball Fantasy Football Sunday. You can tweet me at Steven Serdal. Answer more of your questions. Coming up next, my guy Dusty Likens, the practice squad. The station for Chiefs news, previews, reviews, interviews. Our town. 610 Sports Radio. KCSP Kansas City. KRBZ HD2 Kansas City. When posting on most job sites, T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.